Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Ransomware, phishing, CEO fraud, they're all types of hacks. Getting hacked can be a nightmare. Gardaí have recently issued a warning to the public telling them about hackers who are scamming people with calls and texts. We have heard some suspicious activity on your personal public service number. We are filing a lawsuit against you for money laundering and drug trafficking and there is an arrest warrant on your name on immediate base. Press 1 to reach the investigation but is it possible you yourself could be hacked? And if so, what does it actually mean? I'm Denise Callanan, and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast for independent.ie. Today we'll speak to a businesswoman whose social media accounts were hacked and held to ransom. They got me and I have been working in e-commerce and e-retail for nearly a decade and I would like to think I'm pretty savvy, but they got me. They got me hook, line and sinker. And I'll be talking to Irish Independent technology editor Adrian Weckler about what you can do to protect yourself if your data has been hacked. There's never been a surge in hacking scam calls or texts in Ireland like in the last six months, but there are some specific things you can do on your phone that will immediately help protect you. There are the four words you don't want to see or hear. You have been hacked. Adrian, you spoke to a celebrity makeup artist earlier about how she was the victim of a real life hack and how it affected her, her personal life and her business. Yes, it was Neve Martin, who many people know on Instagram for her Nima Brush account. And she's one of Ireland's best known professional makeup business bloggers on Instagram. She was recently hacked and she lost all of her followers and almost lost the rest of her business because of it. So I spoke to her earlier and began by asking what happened. So, okay, so I had a page on on um, Instagram at Nima Brush. That's my business. And that's pretty much where I run everything from. And on holiday Monday evening, I got an email that looked very authentic, stating that I had been chosen for verification from Instagram, which is the little blue tick that you see on, you know, usually larger accounts. So I thought this was great. I clicked through, uh, entered my details and then put the phone down proud as punch. They got into my account. They changed my username, my passwords, the uh, everything. This is from the email. You, you had entered your account details into the email that you got. And from this, they took over your account. So I turned the phone back on. This is about half nine by holiday Monday night. And I opened up my phone and there was about 17 emails. And I was like thinking this is a little unusual for this time of night on a bank holiday. And when I went in, I could see your username has been changed to this random name. Your phone number has been changed. So there was all of these notifications from Instagram. And then the following one was, we have control of your account. If you want us to keep your, if you want to get your account back, you need to pay us within two hours or else we will delete your content, 
change your username and basically sell your account. At that point, I started to panic. So I responded and I said, what do you want? They came back and they said, we want um, a payment of $900 made by Bitcoin before X time. And then we will return your account to this. And um, I, you know, I did consider paying it, but my husband, Brian, had had done some, you know, Google searching and he had found a couple of, of situations like this and they didn't get their account back. So after that, you know, I, the realization starts to kick in that this this was legit. This the account was gone and I was going to have to face the consequences. Was there any threat to the rest of your business from the hackers taking over your Instagram account? I started to panic that they might get into other accounts. And I, and I work for a couple of different brands as well, and I would have access to their Instagram. So I went then to a frenzy of changing passwords on everything. You know, they're getting so clever. Like years ago, it was so obvious to see something that was phishing or that was a scam. But it is like they got me and I have been working in, you know, e-commerce and e-retail for nearly a decade. And I would like to think I'm pretty savvy, but they got me. They got me hook, line and sinker. So Niamh was a victim of phishing. Adrian, correct me if I'm wrong. She was. And what are the most common type of hacks? Well, phishing is definitely one of the top three. The other two are ransomware, which we're seeing at the moment with the HSE and the Russian gang where they lock up your entire network, they get malware into the system. Either it could be through phishing, actually. It could be by somebody in the company or the organization uh, clicking or tapping on a dodgy email to let malware in. And it locks up the whole system. And unless you pay them a ransom, usually in Bitcoin, they will delete the entire system or they will leak all sensitive data on the web or they'll do both. That's ransomware. The other one that most people haven't heard of, but it's very, very common among Uh, businesses and big organizations in Ireland is called invoice redirection fraud. Sometimes it's called business email compromise fraud or, or even CEO fraud. But essentially, that is when a hacker poses as, for example, a supplier to your business and they persuade you that they are your regular supplier, but they've changed the banking uh, account details and they persuade you that you now have to start paying your monthly supplier bills, for example, into this new bank account. And it's actually quite common. For example, Trinity College in 2017 got hit for, I think, around €800,000 when a scammer got hold of the email account uh, owned by one of the employees of the college's fundraising division. divisions. Now, Trinity got some of the money back, but they also spent a fortune actually recovering it. Dublin Zoo, the same year, got hit for about a half million euro when fraudsters posed as one of the zoo's uh, suppliers and claimed that the banking details uh, had changed. And then even huge companies that you would think are well protected against this kind of thing get hit. So Ryanair, for example, in 2015, ended up getting suckered for around four and a half million euro uh, for fuel bills. Um, so that's invoice redirection fraud. Uh, ransomware is what we have at the moment in the HC. And then phishing, which at uh, Neve got hit by and that is when an email or a text message or a voice message so there's three different variants there's phishing that we call them we generally refer to that as as meaning emails there's smishing which is uh, the equivalent for text messaging so for example you might have a regular text stream on your phone with your bank and they can get into and in between your text messages and then persuade you to click on a link that's called smishing and then vishing is the thing it's voicemail phishing. That's what we're all 
uh, getting at the moment with calls that purporting to be from Macedonia or from fake 083 numbers and they tell you that there's an arrest warrant out for you or that you're in trouble or they've got your PPS number and, you know, tap one here or tap two there. So they're the three main forms of hacking in, in Ireland. So Adrian, I've been hacked. They have my data. What happens next? How am I vulnerable? Okay, so let's assume that they actually do have your data and you have been hacked. Now, that's the assumption that we're making. So there's a couple of things they could do. Depending on what kind of data they have, Now, there is a way for you to find out whether you have been hacked, by the way, and what data they have. If you go to a website called haveibeenpwned.com, haveibeenpwned.com, totally legitimate website used by security researchers, that will tell you which data breaches your email or mobile number have been caught up in and what a particular sense of information they uh, are likely to have. But let's supposing they do have some details. If they have something like your PPS number, that's a very, very rich uh, thing for them to have. They can possibly get into something like your revenue account with something like that. Because if you go to revenue.ie and you try, you, you say that you have forgotten your password, for example, they will ask you for your date of birth and your PPS number. That they're the two main bits of information that they need. Um, if they don't have something like a PPS number, but they have, say, your email address, uh, maybe they have something like your mother's maiden name, they have your date of birth, maybe they have your location, they will then try to launch uh, phishing attacks or other scams. So they'll send you emails or texts because they have those details for you. And what they're really trying to do there is to get you to download something to your laptop, to tap on something which gets malware into your computer or your phone, and really, they're using it as a side door to try and get more malware or viruses into your system and capture data uh, that way. Now, there are a couple of other things that they could do in the case of the HSE, which is the big story at the moment. If they do have some of your sensitive medical information, for example, they could use that for blackmail or extortion. Very recent example of that in Finland, very similar to the HSE attack where they got the uh, personal medical data of a couple of thousand people from a hospital and they individually blackmailed them. They rang them up and said, I think the figure they were looking for was 800 euro or 600 euro, or they would publish the data anyway. And some of them did have their, their, their data published. So that's uh, a real risk. Um, and the last thing they could do is try to take over your computer to use it in what's called a denial of service attack. And generally speaking, that's when you'll see a big company or a small company, their website goes down. And that's because there are thousands of computers that are being marshaled uh, to, to overload uh, that website. They're the main ways uh, that you could be targeted. So I think the only reason that I didn't get hacked last year when I didn't reply to a message purporting to be from Unpost asking me to pay two euro to yeah, get a package delivered. The only thing that saved me was the fact that I didn't put aside the five minutes to sit down and pay the two euro. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good lesson there. Just look, ignore your ignore your your important uh, emails and texts or what purport to be ignore uh, important emails uh, or texts. It's funny, a lot of them will often get things like spelling and punctuation wrong, but you feel like a bit of a snob telling people that, you know, oh, you'll definitely know because there's a, a full stop. <laughs> at, because oh, wait a second now, you know. Not everybody, you know, got an A in their leaving cert, you know. But yeah, so, but this is absolutely rampant at the moment. And if you have been the victim of a hack or a data breach, it's very likely that your information is somehow bundled and packaged up. And 
will be floating out there for some time to come. Do you think it's notable that nobody will actually speak on the record about being hacked? It is. Now, with the exception of people like Neve, for example, who we spoke to earlier, but generally speaking, there are thousands of people who are hacked every month, maybe every week in Ireland, and it's very difficult to find some of them uh, to talk. And that's for very good reasons. They don't want uh, to be targeted again. Maybe they're in a sensitive position at work. There's an embarrassment factor. They're worried that they there might be action taken against them uh, based on you know data regulations or GDPR. But um, both you and I have come across plenty of stories. I, I tweeted something about this recently, asking for people's uh, individual stories. And People came back to me with all sorts of stories, none of them who would go on the record. But here's an example of one, for example. This is quite an insidious uh, uh, thing. Um, a woman who I know directly messaged me to say, an ex-boyfriend installed a keylogger. That's something that uh, measures all of the taps that you do on your keyboard. Mm-hmm. An ex-boyfriend installed a keylogger to monitor what I wrote and then suddenly shut me out of all of my accounts. Wow. She said she didn't want to talk about it publicly, but she wants to share it in case it helps add a perspective of how hacking can be used for coercive control, which is now a big thing in Ireland. We saw recent laws about that. Um, another another one um, texted me to say, uh, my sister had spyware installed that activated her webcam in her bedroom by a laptop repair shop. Now, there are lots of laptop repair shops, so you know we're, we're not singling anyone out. But that is pretty horrifying. <laughs> And we have a colleague who had a little bit, was victim to a bit more of a sophisticated hack, Adrian. Can you tell us a few details about this one? Yeah, this was a really interesting one. Every now and then, a big medical institution will have some of its details caught up in a big data breach. And there was one event recently for hit a couple of hospitals in Ireland. And a colleague of ours came home to find a personalised letter for him in handwritten letter from the US and opening it up it said that he had won a hospital lottery. And what he had to do was either ring this number or email and uh, to, you know, to further his claim. He was suspicious. So um, he investigated anyway, and he found that this had been part of a major data breach that had affected one particular hospital in Ireland. It was was an SQL uh, database. The reason he was suspicious is because there was one digit missing from the date of birth, and he knew that the hospital he had attended had also got that date of birth wrong by one digit. So that's when the alarm bells rang. But that's a very, very sophisticated um, example and an expensive one for the hackers because they had to go to the trouble of writing out on an envelope and posting it, paying for postage. Yeah. So, but that goes to show that this is an organised business. Hackers will put resources into it because it's worth it because they will actually get people to... Uh, to ring up and uh, and to email. Well, th- there are there are serious GDP laws in place, which obviously we we comply with. I think it has been a little distasteful. I have seen some legal firms already advertising, uh, potentially licking their lips uh, at the really? thought of being able to sue the state. That was Health Minister Stephen Donnelly speaking about the current HSE ransomware attack on News Talk Breakfast. I suppose the question is, Adrian, who's liable if you do get stung? Who's going to bear the financial cost if money is stolen? Sometimes the banks will. For example, we talked earlier about smishing where the hacker will get in between a text conversation that you're having with your bank and they'll try to to con you that way. Um, Certainly when when this really became a big thing last year, uh, most of the mainstream banks told their customers that they would cover 
the losses that they incurred. So sometimes the banks will. Um, in other cases, it might be uh, an insurance company. In, in Ireland, for example, you can actually uh, get cyber insurance now um, for all sorts of things. You can get uh, a cyber insurance for hacker damage up to €100,000 uh, for phishing cover. So if, if you're suckered into a, a phishing attack, uh, up to €50,000 for extortion. If you're being blackmailed, they'll cover up to €50,000. Now, the thing about these uh, insurance products is that the hackers know that. So when we're talking about the HSE ransomware gang, one of the reasons that they demand 20 million or 5 million or 8 million is they know that insurance companies are geared up to pay out. So for example, in France, um, they have just passed a, uh, a presidential uh, it's not a presidential decree. The president has asked insurance companies to stop paying the ransom for ransomware because they know that if they demand a ransom, that the insurance company will just pay up automatically. And um, that is a problem in Ireland as well. If for businesses, a lot of businesses get hit with ransomware and they know that if uh, that their insurance company will just pay. So you never hear about it. They don't get up on their high moral horse and say, we're not going to pay out a principal. We don't uh, you know, pay uh, crooks. They just pay it and then they get reimbursed. And the hackers make their money and everyone's... Exactly. This is why if you saw excerpts of the conversations between the gang and the HSE, um, you would have seen the, uh, the, the civility and the, the business-like language that's used. And that's uh, it's like being uh, on to somebody in a call center. That's the kind of the tone. So Adrian, I'm here with my Android phone. I don't know anything about hacking. What can I do to protect myself bar having somewhat sophisticated um, passwords for my emails and my Netflix accounts? There's three things you can do. The first is the garden variety advice that everybody always says is be mindful. Don't uh, answer calls or texts or emails from someone you don't know, which is not the best advice because we all get phone calls from people we don't know a lot of the time. The second is a more technical one <clears throat> on your Android phone or your iPhone itself. It will have in the settings uh, options for you to do things like silence unknown calls. On an iPhone, for example, if you hit that in settings to silence unknown calls, that will send marketing calls or spam calls or scam calls right into your voicemail. So typically a lot of them will not leave voicemails. So that's one way of siphoning them out. And then a third way, is to actually download an app for your phone. Now, I'm conscious that this is, I am focusing on phones here at the moment. There's one, for example, called TrueCaller, and that works off a database of tens of millions of known scam uh, calls and SMS numbers. And that will use that database to automatically block those calls or block those texts from coming through. It's free with some in-app purchases. You might well wonder what the mobile operators are doing here. And one of the big complaints is that how are all these calls getting through? Why are there so many texts and, and calls coming through? Particularly particularly three, you would say. So many of the scam calls at the moment are have fake 083 numbers. I did a, a quick Twitter poll the other day um, along the lines of, do you automatically suspect an 083 number uh, if you get one? And I got hundreds and hundreds of responses and it was quite a high proportion which said, yes, I would. Now, that's that's very unfair on three in one sense because they happen to be the ones who have the 083, the prefix by default. But on the other hand, operators don't really get punished much uh, for scam calls or texts coming through. And they're kind of 
reaping what they sow in this regard because we're we have to now download apps like Truecaller because the the operators don't appear to be to doing that much. So the you know we spoke to another colleague, Adrian, and they got the the fake message from the bank, and that had come in through the text message communication with their bank saying a payee needed to be, you know, okayed on the app. Whose responsibility is that? I mean, is that the mobile operator's responsibility to stop the text coming through, or is it the bank's? It's you're, it's a kind of a magic merry-go-round in terms of blame. I've asked all of those parties who is to blame, and generally speaking, it's ultimately it's nobody. So, the bank will sometimes take financial responsibility for that because the PR that the bad PR that they get is not worth it in terms of the maybe ten or twenty or thirty thousand euro they'll have to pay out in any one month uh, for that but the operators have a big uh, question to answer and how they're allowing scammers to get in between your text message with your bank or anybody else for that matter i mean we crucify networks like facebook and twitter and others rightfully mostly for allowing all sorts of harmful content and dangerous interventions by scammers and and others uh, on their platforms and their networks well, well, operators kind of get a pass. They don't really get hauled up. They're not punished, for example, in the same way as people are for data breaches by the data protection regulator here. So Comreg won't come down heavy on them. The data protection regulator won't come down heavy on them. The guards, I mean, forget it, you know. I mean, you imagine going to the guards and saying, look, uh, you know, look, somebody's actually gotten in my banking uh, my banking conversation, they, they would know what to do, frankly. So the only ones who will take responsibility financially are sometimes the banks. Other than that, you're on your own. You've been listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Produced by Mary Carroll and sound designed by Dara Kelly. You can like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more on this and other stories, visit independent.ie.